0: Hi everyone, I'm Paul and this is Explain It and the Gospel for today is Luke chapter 18. Now in this uh, text, Jesus does uh, two things and they're connected. The first is that he speaks of his passion, that he must go up to Jerusalem, that he must suffer, die, and uh, the third day be raised to life. But his disciples are, let say, blind to it. They don't understand what he's, what he's talking about. So, Connected in the text is also uh, the account of Jesus uh, healing a man who is sitting by the side of the road. He's blind and he's calling out, Lord, have mercy on me. So in the text, we see uh, both the physical healing of uh, the blind man, but also uh, the eyes, our eyes that need to be open to the person and to the work of Jesus. So here's the text, Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 31. So it's very clear. Jesus takes the 12 uh, aside and he tells them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. So Jesus foretells his passion. We must go up to Jerusalem. And you could say that he's foretelling his passion that had been foretold in all of the scriptures. So the Gospel of Matthew really is a, a wonderful book to see this uh, fulfilling of all of the the law and the prophets and the Psalms speaking of the person and the work of Jesus. You could also look at it as a, as a funnel that uh, as Jesus goes to Jerusalem, All of the Old Testament is funneled or filled to the full in his death and in his resurrection. So Jesus isn't unclear about this. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, Peter's great confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, is followed by Jesus' rebuke of him uh, because he doesn't understand uh, that a part of this uh, passion is for his death and his resurrection to Uh, occur. It must be fulfilled. It must happen this way, to which Peter says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Um, He also is very clear in Matthew chapter 17, uh, where he says we must go to Jerusalem. They leave the mountaintop there. He is uh, speaking with Elijah and Moses about his, the text in Luke says, his exodus that he must, be, that he must fulfill at uh, Jerusalem. With a demon-possessed boy, he also speaks of it during that time. Matthew chapter 20, a mother comes and, and requests uh, that when, uh, when Jesus comes into his kingdom, that one of her boys sit on his right and the other on his left. And again, Jesus clarifies it very clearly uh, that uh, his kingdom is not of this world. And then two days before his, uh, his, uh, his death and his resurrection, uh, during the Passover uh, being fulfilled, filled to the full, Jesus again speaks of how he must suffer, die, and rise on the third day. So we ask the question, you know, is, is this message of Jesus unclear? Um, is, it, uh, is he uncertain about what's going to happen in the days uh, ahead? Is he keeping it a secret? Well, no. All of the law, all of the prophets, all of the Psalms speak of it. All the teaching of Jesus uh, centers on it. Uh, we're going to find later, uh, after Pentecost, all of the proclamation of the uh, apostles. Uh, the heart of it is Jesus Christ crucified, dead and risen for the forgiveness of sins, and this message should be clear in all of our pulpits and uh, in the classrooms, uh, wherever the, the scriptures are opened. So Jesus is clear, and the scriptures are clear, but they're not understood, are they? We're, we're blind uh, to this message because of this uh, corrupted, this darkened understanding um, that is rooted in our, our sin. So Luke 18 says the disciples did not understand any of this and its meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about. Well, you see it, you see it played out in the days of the passion there, there, uh, Peter is in the garden and the soldiers are there to take Jesus captive and he pulls out his sword, uh, to protect, uh, protect Jesus and to fight. And Jesus says, put your sword back. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But then Jesus says, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? Or you could say filled to the full that say it must happen in this way. So often Jesus will say, you know, I must or uh, it is necessary that I go up to Jerusalem. Uh, this is the way it is to happen. Now, this is just Psalm 40. In Psalm 40, it is a, you could say, a Jesus psalm, a messianic psalm. And the psalmist says there, and this is the voice of Messiah sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but my ears you have pierced burnt offerings, and sin offerings you did not require. And then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. Now, the disciples uh, don't understand any of this. The, The meaning is hidden from from them. Uh, They don't know what he's talking about. They're spiritually blind, we could say. They're spiritually deaf. Uh, They're not uh, obeying. They're not uh, willing to follow. They rebuke Jesus. Uh, They don't want to act in this way. Uh, You could say, again, they're spiritually blind to his work and also deaf to his ears. Now, part of the work of Messiah, as prophesied in the uh, Old Testament, again, All things in the Old Testament speak of the person and work of Jesus. Uh, Part of the work of Messiah is to open eyes and also to open the ears of the deaf. Now, yes, it's physical, but it's also ultimately spiritual as well. So the prophet Isaiah, again, uh, speaking of the coming of uh, Messiah, says, Strengthen the feeble hands and and steady the, the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with, with vengeance, with divine retribution, and he will come to save uh, his people. What will that look like? Well, here's the signs of the, the Messianic age. Then will the eyes of the blind be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. So, as Jesus goes up to Jerusalem, he he uh, approaches jericho and there's a blind man sitting by the roadside begging and he hears this crowd going by and he asks what's what's happening and they they tell him jesus of nazareth is passing by and so he begins to call out jesus son of david have mercy on me and those who led the way uh they begin to rebuke him and to tell him to be quiet but he shouts all the more son of david have mercy on me um and so this this phrase "son of David" is really uh, a designation of the son of David, the the king of Israel, which is um, referring to the Messiah, or uh, you could say the anointed one. So this this blind beggar is is crying out in the side of the road to Messiah, "Have mercy on me," and the crowd is telling him to be quiet. But Jesus, Jesus stops and and orders this man to be brought to him. Because Jesus is willing to do the Father's will, again, Psalm 40, it is written about me in the book, in the scriptures, uh, I desire to do your will, O God. Because Jesus is willing to do his Father's will, he's also willing to do his Father's work, a physical work for this, for this blind man crying out for mercy on the side of the road. So when this blind man is brought near, Jesus asks him, so what do you want me to do for you? Uh, Well, what do you think uh, the request is, right? If you're blind, begging on the side of the road, and Messiah asks you, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, He yells out, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus says to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately the text says he receives his sight, and he follows Jesus, praising God, and when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now, this is a physical opening of the eyes of a blind man. It's preceded by that uh, the, the account of Jesus speaking of his passion, and his disciples don't see it, right? don't understand it. Now, just as Jesus has come into this world to heal the blind man, to open up the ears that are deaf and to, to heal the lame, so also he wants to do this spiritually. Um, and we see this in Luke chapter 24, after his resurrection, he appears to the disciples and uh, he says to them, well, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And then this beautiful little verse, verse 45 says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So even after the resurrection, they were gathered, hollowed together in a little room, uh, fearful, not believing the news of the women. Uh, Thomas himself saying, I won't won't believe it until I I see him and, and put my hands where the scars are. Even then, they didn't see it. They didn't understand. But here, Jesus comes and it says, then he opened their minds, opened their eyes so that they could understand the scriptures, the scriptures that Point to him. And he told them, Well, okay, if, if someone were to say to you, what did he what did he tell them? What is the the sum and the substance, all of what is all of the Old Testament speaking about? Oh Jesus gives us the answer. Verse 46. He told them, This is what is written, the Christ will suffer. Rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And at Pentecost, they understand fully. The Spirit comes and the Spirit is given to them. In and, and Peter's Pentecost sermon, there is no challenging the way of Jesus anymore. No, Lord, this shall never happen to you. No, Peter fully understands. The Holy Spirit has has opened his eyes. Jesus has pointed to uh, his death and his resurrection as the fulfillment of all things. And you could say Peter gets it. Peter, all the, all the pieces finally come together. And he says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by signs and miracles and wonders, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. And this man was handed over by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But, he says... God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He understands. Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, and risen for the forgiveness of sins. The good news of this text is because Jesus is willing to go to the cross, because he's willing to do his Father's will. He's also willing to do his Father's work. Yes, in this world to heal uh, eyes that are blind, uh, to raise uh, the dead, to um, make a man who can't walk be able to leap with joy. Yes, He's willing to do all of those things, but even more so, He wants to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our heart, to understand that He is the Messiah, the one who went to the cross, died for our sins, rose again on the third day, rules and reigns, and one day he will reappear and make all things new.